did you find this? A team's here. Craig's here. Yo. Ryan's here. Ryan's here. Shane's here. We're here. Ladies night. Ladies Hell night. yeah. Friday night. Uh, we're in the lull between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. Um, what'd you guys think of the conference championships? I guess what we got this Sunday. We got the skills competition. Shut up. Stop it. Stop it. This is how like much this doesn't matter, but did they already announce the comeback player of the year and MVP already? No, because they do the awards show. I think the awards show is this weekend too. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Football doesn't I exist for anything. Yeah, I, yeah, it's pointless. It's pointless for the next week. So we'll do our Super Bowl stuff next week. But for now, like I mean, we if got, you want, if, you, if you want to talk shit about the games right now, I'm cool with that. Yeah, what was what you guys think? Uh, what the fuck happened in Baltimore? I don't know, man. I don't know why they abandoned the run. That's what you're good at. Just run the ball. Why are you trying I to think, pass it? I think the narrative of Lamar got caught in his own head of like, I can pass only and win is like the main narrative that I'm like, eh, I could see that because they did sure. audible a lot in that game where I'm like, hey, dude, I respect you for like going all in. But also it felt like this weekend, at least teams forgot what brought them to the dance. Yeah. 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 And they got too cute and they got punished for it. And now next year it's going to be even harder. Yep. I watched, I watched, you know, that whole first scoring drive for Baltimore was that big Lamar run on fourth and one and like a Gus Edwards 20 yard run. And then it just yep. felt like they didn't run the ball for the rest of the game. That wasn't like eight yeah, Gus, rushes for the whole game. Yep. Gus had Gus had like a 15, one 15 yard run until like halftime. Yep. It was, it was embarrassing. Yep. Um, before I go on my tirade, what is your guys' opinion of Zay Flowers in that game? He looked good. I think he look, dude. First off, taunting should never be a penalty, ever. I think taunting rules and whatever. I also <laughs> think that like he made the play that you you want to make. He dove for the fucking end zone. Like that's that's what you do. You stick the ball out and try <laughs> to get it in the end zone. And in hindsight, twenty twenty, right? But like. He he did his best. He was the only wide receiver that showed up that day. Uh, Shane, you you were right when you said Mark Andrews was just going to be a decoy. Um, but what that I'm game sh- what that game showed me is they need another legitimate receiving threat for that offense to hit. Yep. Um, all right. Now they're on the same page. I think everybody who is whining on Twitter about Zay Flowers being the cost of the re- them losing that game is a fucking noodle dick loser. Yes. That's my that's my hard stance of everybody bitching online about it of hey, yeah, he deserves to taunt that guy. And you know what? The dude did get in his head, but it happens. And if he doesn't get the ball poked out by like an all pro uh cornerback, you're talking praise of he's playing with that dog in him. So I don't want to hear that shit. So say Flowers is still dog. I'm still gonna yeah. draft him next year. I still love Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's not like he made the conscious decision to go it on, go for it on fourth and four, and instead of taking three points and potentially tying up the game with their next possession and blowing the AF or NFC championship like Dan Campbell did. <laughs> See, as as someone who's experienced the Michael Badgley experience, I don't blame them for not kicking the ball. Yes, it sucks to not take those points, but also the team is also 
very good at the rush game. And it's another team that abandoned what brought them to the dance. And they put too much faith into Jared Goff making or passes to Josh Reynolds. It's it's you're just yeah. asking for trouble at this stage of the game. You need you need to go with the consistency. Yeah. Laporta did pretty good though too. He did. Yeah. What does Detroit have to do to get over the hump next year? Aside from stay healthy, a secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Set maybe a second edge yeah. rusher. Per- perk up their defense, and you're right back in the NFC Championship again. Man, yeah, yeah. NFC is going to be interesting this year. I mean, I'm definitely like as I'm watching prospects like. Again, NFL changes year to year, but it's just going to be very interesting of how teams shake up and who rises and who falls and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, like Dan Campbell said, like this might be our only shot, and it sucks to say that and like tell the people that put trust in you that, but like sometimes that's your window, right? Yeah, the fact yeah. that they kept it a close enough game that it was decided by a couple drops here and there is a testament to how how much guts that team played with and like honestly san francisco's defense fucking sucks it does and that's why casey's gonna fucking destroy him sorry but jeff more, but more power to more power to the 49ers for still managing to find ways even though that defense and it's because they're hurt right like half their defensive backfield's been out for the year so i I don't know. I, I'm also taking Kansas City, unfortunately, because betting against Patrick Mahomes just seems like getting too cute with it. If they hammer the CMC uh, game plan, I think it's going to be a lot closer than we want it to be in, in regards to that spectrum. But like Casey's def- defense is just on another level. And like Mahomes just doesn't have to fuck up and they're going to be fine, right. right? He doesn't fuck up much, does he? I don't think he does. No, he's pretty uh, elite. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> Even though he has a dad bod, so that yeah, that's right. that's his knock. <laughs> All right, so let's let's hop in to our guys. Uh, Ryan, why don't you start us off, my friend? All right, let's go talk about a player this week that is from my future geography segment later this week. Sorry, later this hour. <laughs> Production secrets. <laughs> that's right. Um. Let's talk about number 96, a player who played in the CFL and the NFL. He is also one of, there's maybe 10 on, you could find on a list, players in history of the sport of American football that have won a Canadian Grey Cup and also a Super Bowl. And not only did he win a Super Bowl, he won three Super Bowls. All right. Damn. Yeah. Because he... Because he played for the Denver Broncos in the 90s. All right. I want to talk about Harold Hasselbeck. All right. <laughs> okay. A, def- a defensive end. Um, and it's not spelled like the Hasselbeck we know, the quarterback. Um, sure. That's B. That's B-E-C-K. This is B-A-C-H. Um, uh-huh. Right. Also, Dutch spelling of Harold and I just gave away what country this guy is from. Uh he is from the Netherlands. Okay. One of like maybe five players in the Netherlands uh to ever play in the NFL. And there's like I think a couple punters and like a tackle and a defensive end. There was no really like wide receivers or tight ends that I could that I could have find. This this guy played for the Broncos in um from ninety four to two thousand. 
Um, let's see. Yeah, so seven seasons. Um, he also played with the Calgary Stampeders um, and won the 80th Grey Cup with them in 1992. Uh, he played um, at the University of Washington um, because he was from the Vancouver area. That's where he went to school. Um, played various sports, cricket, field, field hockey, swimming, soccer. Um, his dad was like um, in the agriculture field. So let's see, he grew up in the Netherlands where he was born, Indonesia, Kenya, and as I mentioned, Canada where he went to high school and developed his love for sports. He talked the Philadelphia Eagles out of drafting him in the 1990 NFL draft because he had already signed with the Calgary Stampeders. All right. Yeah. So this was the beginning of his Canadian football, his CFL career. So he played four seasons with them, two as an all-star. And, and because of those all-star years, he ended up, you know, taking the money and going to the NFL. Denver signed him in 94. Let's see, 154 total tackles, 29 regular season start, and a start in Super Bowl 33. In his career, he had 17 and a half quarterback sacks, four forced fumbles. He also never missed a game in his seven-year tenure, 121 games. Damn. That total included nine NFL playoff games and starts in all three playoff games when Denver repeated as Super Bowl champions. And as I mentioned, yeah, he's won the Great Cup and the Super Bowl at least a couple times. Sadly, at the end of last year, he uh, passed away. He was born in 67, so he wasn't too old. He's in his 50s. Um, but he developed uh, adenocarcinoma, so some, some type of cancer. And um, did mention, it says here, that he did complain of memory and concentration loss um, in the few years before his death. Um, so maybe CTE was onsetting, something like that. Canadian football should be banned. It causes CTE. <laughs> well, Canadian CTE is the worst of all the CTEs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel terrible for laughing about that. Uh, but, um, that's just a little short scent about someone I, uh, found while researching my geography segment, Mr. Harold Hasselbeck, H-A-R-A-L-D, um, from the Netherlands. Hell yeah. That's a good one. Um, I I asked, Ryan texted me earlier this week, and he's like, what do you think? Should I go back to America, or should I go international? And I was like, follow your heart. And he texted me back, like, the world is, my heart tells me the world is a beautiful place. <laughs> and I was like, all right, dude, hell yeah, go with it. Um, Shane, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. I actually have an international guy and a 96. Yes. Are you serious? So, we both did ninety yeah. sixes. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, my guy isn't a, uh, a jersey number ninety six, but his event occurred in nineteen ninety six. Okay. So okay. this one is loosely attached to football, and I want to give a shout out to Big Phil from the Football Absurdity Discord for this one because he retweeted about a podcast that was a rabbit hole I fell down this week called Blowback. Season one is about the Iraq wars and the culture uh, during that time period. Okay. So that period kind of predates my brain being formed and remembering anything. So this week I wanted to see if there were any athletes in history that were involved in that kind of overarching complicated web outside of Pat Tillman. So this hunt made me stumble upon Rayed Ahmed. So Rayed was born in Basra, Iraq in 1967 and he, 
Basra is the biggest port in Iraq and a major city due to the amount of commerce that occurs within that region. So we're going a little little geography here. Yeah. Um, sure. There have been two rebellions in this area during the Saddam Hussein era. Um, the second one caused Iraq to abandon the city and move the main import city to the neighboring city of Um Qasar, um, just based out of spite because they didn't realize or they didn't like the fact that the 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 plebs weren't bowing the knee to their uh, masterful lord. Sure. So so Basra is also a site where a missile was fired by a U.S. warplane in a civilian area one day after Arab leaders refused to condemn the four-day bombing campaign against Iraq in 1998. I hate it here. So anyways, uh, Rayad was a champion weightlifter in the 99-kilogram weight class, 218 pounds for the Imperials here, in 1984. And in the same year, Saddam's oldest son, Uday, was appointed to the chairman of the Iraqi Olympic Committee. So Uday was known to be a real dickhead who had tortured those who failed. So Rayad basically played the long con of trying to lower Uday's expectations and claimed that with the help of physicians, uh, he was hurt and couldn't compete going forward. So we love a quiet quitter. Hell yeah. Fuck a he, job. Did, <laughs> he did contemplate defecting in 1995 in the World Weightlifting Championships held in China. However, he uh, went through with it. And we fast forward to 1996 to the Olympics in Atlanta. So Rayed was the flag bearer for Iraq during this game, and but was forbidden to look at President Clinton based upon Saddam Hussein's orders. So he did disobey this order and noticed that Clinton was clapping for him, which set the wheels of decision in motion, and he'd defect to the United States. So he did finish third from last, in the, and in the middle of the Olympics, he fled while the people who were watching him from his group were going to, planning to go to the zoo. So Rayed corresponded the with zoo. the call... Yeah, because like the, where the Olympics were held were like was in like downtown Georgia next to major major areas. So I guess yeah. they were having oh, this, a field trip. This was the Atlanta bombing Olympics. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah, and there was actually another defection from uh, a guy in Afghanistan, Damn. Uh, who who I believe was a boxer because they called him like a communist because he trained in Russia and he's like, all right, well I'm just not coming back. Bye. Sure. So Rayad corresponded with a college student at Georgia Tech to go to Dakota, a city in Georgia, and claimed asylum with the Immigration and Naturalization Services. So Rayad claimed that he'd be executed if he went back to Iraq, as he uh, didn't come in first, and he was sentenced to death in absentia in Iraq. So unfortunately, the decisions we make as individuals do impact the ones around us. So Rayad's wife was evacuated to the Kurdish region in northern Iraq the day before his defe- uh, defection. And however, his mother was fired from her job and his other family members were detained by the government for two weeks. His wife was ordered to divorce him. And after two years of being in the Kurdish area, his wife finally left Iraq. So uh, in 2004, after America's repeated HW's war and Saddam's reign was over, Rayad finally returned to Iraq to visit. So he brought everybody over and he currently lives in Dearborn, Michigan, which has a very large Iraqi population ever since the Iraq war. He currently has five kids, was a used sales, used car salesman, and coaches football and basketball. Hell yeah. I like used, I like used salesman better. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, team, which team loses uh, more by more to the American flag football team, the Iraqi national team or the Dutch national team? Uh that's tricky. I, I went like a down a yeah, rabbit right. hole of like how many teams can field certain things. I think like it was either Iraq or Afghanistan. They had a team that, uh, oh no, it was Cuba. Cuba had a 
uh, a field hockey team and half the team uh, declared asylum. So they couldn't field an actual team. So oh they, just had to, they had to bring people in for the Olympics. Crazy. Or, the, or the, it was the Pan Am games. Um, I think the Dutch, I think the Dutch are going to get torched. Yeah. The hubris of the Dutch. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. <clears throat> so it's not Super Bowl week, but I still wanted to celebrate the reason for the season by talking about one of the NFL's greatest one hit wonders, a guy by the name of Timmy Smith. So we're going to Timmy Smith. He was born in Hobbs, New Mexico in 1964, right by the border. Um, like everyone else we cover, he was a beast in high school. He got a scholarship to play ball for Texas Tech and was really good when he was on the field, but injuries really hurt his playing time. Um, he, had, he was in college for five years, and he only played in 28 total games. Wow. So... So he ends up getting drafted surprisingly by Washington in the fifth round of the 1987 draft. I say it's surprising because their starting running back was a guy by the name of George Rogers. George Rogers was the first overall pick in 1980 by the Saints and was also a former Heisman Trophy winner. So they brought, they draft this guy. He's going to be like a special teams backup guy because they also had a pass catcher. So he was just kind of a backup. Um, Rodgers, this was Rodgers' last full year and was hurt on and off throughout the season. But even with the injuries, Timmy Smith was fifth on his team in carries in his rookie year with 29 rushes for 126 yards, zero touchdowns. And as a PPR machine, he had one catch on the year for minus two yards. Let's go. <laughs> Still a positive. That's 0.3 points. <laughs> those are those are Damian Pierce numbers. Um so Washington wins their division and goes on and they play in Chicago to play in the divisional round of the playoffs. George Rogers sucked in this game. He had 13 yards on six carries. Um, backup running back Kelvin Bryant, who was more of the pass catcher long distance back, had three carries for eight yards. So Joe Gibbs turned to Timmy Smith late in the game and uh, Smith gets... Uh, 16 carries and rushes for 66 yards against the the Bears defense. This is 87, so there's still quite a few of those guys that were on the 85 team. Um, So 16 carries for 66 yards is pretty impressive, and he had seven straight carries to ice the game late. So not too shabby. Um, Washington then hosted Minnesota in the conference championship. Rodgers did better than he did in the first game, but Timmy Smith still outperformed him with 13 carries for 72 yards. Washington wins 17-13 and goes to the Super Bowl. So we got to talk real quick. I'm going to take a quick pause to talk about Joe Gibbs for a minute. Uh, Joe Gibbs was the head coach of Washington. He was a legendary coach for almost 40 years. He had a break in between and created Joe Gibbs Racing which was a NASCAR company that also employed some iconic drivers. Yeah, that's, that's Joe Gibbs. Um, He has rings to his name and he's got a legacy as the founder of the air Coriel system, which is like the old San Diego offense from the early eighties. That is pretty much the precursor for the way offenses are run now. Okay. He was also at the time, the strongest advocate for black quarterbacks in the NFL. And when he was the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay, he begged them to draft Doug Williams from Grambling State instead of some dork-ass white quarterbacks that never amounted to anything. But they're tall, Tony. 
That's right. <laughs> right. Tall. Right. Uh, he also they're, they're after athletic specimens. After after yeah right <laughs> they're sneaky fast. Um, so when the off season happened and they were doing training camp that year, he called out another coach in Tampa Bay for being racist in his criticism of Williams during practice, which is pretty legit for the deep South in the 1980s. Um, I know in like 2008, he endorsed McCain for president, but I'd argue that a rich old white guy fighting for black athletes to be treated with respect is a lot more progressive than voting. Yeah. And also like McCain wasn't like that. We know of a racist, right? Like, yeah, he was a war hawk and shit, but like he did defend when all those boomers were like Barack Hussein Obama is a Muslim. Right, right, right. So, so like, yeah, whatever. Right, could be worse. So Gibbs and Doug Williams, who also made his way to Washington from Tampa Bay with Joe Gibbs, were about to play in the Super Bowl, and Gibbs decided that he was going to make Timmy Smith the starting running back in the game. Now, this part is up for contention, but according to Gibbs, he he refused to tell Timmy Smith that he was the starter until pregame warm-ups to prevent him from getting too nervous. Um. The only people that knew early in the week that Timmy Smith, the rookie, fifth-round rookie, was going to be the starter in the Super Bowl were Gibbs, Doug Williams, and a few assistant coaches. So, I love a surprise. Right? So his first career NFL start was in the Super Bowl. And, uh, wow. yeah, so you want to know how it went? <laughs> he, yeah, let's hear uh, it. He set and still holds the record for most rushing yards in the Super Bowl with 204 yards and two touchdowns. God damn it. What? Rules. Yeah. Uh, Washington won 42 to 10. Damn. Yep. Um, Washington had a legendary offensive line. They were called the Hogs. Oh, that's right. But Timmy Smith still ripped shit up. Uh, I watched the highlights. He's just killing them. I remember reading about the Hogs when we were like in the 70s. And yeah. Looking at all these old linemen. You mean a fucking year ago? Yeah. <laughs> um. So. So he, so you just won the Super Bowl, bro. You got 200 yards rushing in the Super Bowl, setting a record. What are you going to do to start 1988? Well, he held out because he demanded a contract that would have made him the NFL's highest paid running back. Um, <laughs> the team's like, nope. And he waits and he waits and he's like, fuck it, I'm coming back. And he's 25 pounds overweight when he comes back. Oh, no. Um, yeah, right? So... So in the off season, he was noted for being like a huge partier. He'd always he was all over all the club scene. And there were open rumors that he was either doing a ton of or selling cocaine. Hell yeah. Probably both. It's DC in the <laughs> fucking eighties, man. Like what everyone was on cocaine. Joe Gibbs was on cocaine. So, so in week one, he was back on top of the depth chart, but the writing was already on the wall. Over his first three games, he had 265 rushing yards. Not bad. But over his next five, he only had 121 and lost his starting job after week eight. Um, they put him up as eligible for free agency the next year. Uh, and uh, he turned down a one-year deal with Miami, failed a physical with the Cardinals, and eventually signed with the San Diego Chargers. Of course. He suffered a severe sprained ankle in training camp and while in rehab was seen see, hanging out with a suspected drug dealer and they of cut course. him. Um, nice. He played one game in 1990 with Dallas against San Diego and said he got hit so hard by Junior Seau that he's like, I'm 
this is over. I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. Um, so he played in one game and was cut after the game after gaining six yards on six carries. Not great. What? He was signed by the Baltimore Stallions of the Canadian Football League in 1994, but was cut before the season started. So Timmy Smith was 28 when he played his last snap of football. He became a personal trainer and then a counselor at a juvenile facility. In 2005, he and his brother got arrested for selling cocaine to an undercover DEA officer. Excellent. He, he did 30 months. He got out. And last we know, he works in the oil fields of Texas and New Mexico, right back where like he grew up. He doesn't give a ton of interviews. I found one or two, and he seems like he's just a quiet, just living his life quietly. Some of the guys around him know that he had like this crazy game, and you know, but he doesn't really talk about it too much because it's like an old. It's his Vietnam. Yes, one of the things that I noticed though is he's like, I hope nobody ever breaks it, and I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, because usually those guys are like, yeah, eventually it's gonna get broken, and I'm fine with it, and he's just like, no, I want this to be mine forever. Well, right. I mean, like, when you don't really do anything and, like, never did anything to begin with and you showed up at the biggest stage of them all, you got your ring and you're like, yeah, I work in the oil field. Like, you know what? That's kind of a humble brag because no one's going to remember your ass, right? Right, right. Um, So that's Super Bowl legend Timmy Smith. And like I said, he doesn't give a ton of interviews. He seems pretty happy now. And I want to close with a quote. Quote, in the end, every day above ground is a good day. End quote. Timmy Smith. That's a man who has uh, had a hard life. Yes. And is just happy to be where he's at. So hard. He got 204 yards in the Super Bowl. King. <laughs> Must be hard. <laughs> Speaking of San Diego and running backs, I just read that Greg Roman is estimated to be our new offensive coordinator. Whoa. Really? Leaving Baltimore? No, no, fired. I'm thinking of Monken. Yeah, Greg Roman. Yeah. Okay, so Justin Herbert's going to run the ball 400 times. Yeah, fuck. Perfect. Nice. Speaking of running, uh, rushing yards, guys, I have a small little game we can start really quick. Let's go. go. All right, so this is wide receivers with the most rushing yards on the 2023 season. All right, I've got ten, the top 10 here. You guys got to get, what do you want to do, six? And I'll give you, I'll give you four or five misses. So you want cumulative, right? Like for the whole season, or like per yeah, game? Yeah, cumulative, cumulative rushing yards on the whole okay. season. Right. Wide receivers. So, so we can just do Debo, right? <laughs> that is correct. He was number one with two hundred twenty-five rushing yards. Okay. He also had five rushing touchdowns. King, I want to say Zay Flowers because they did a shit ton of jet sweeps, but I don't know how far those runs went. You know who I don't mind is uh, Tank Dell. He had a lot of carries. Did he really? Um, yeah. But we got, I mean, let's think about this. Who are some receivers that get handoffs pretty consistently? Cooper Cup gets, gets carries. Um, but he missed games this year, didn't he? Lots. Um, yeah. What about our boy Jaden Reed? Yes, I'm, I'm all about putting Jaden Reed on that list. Do you want to submit it? All right, boys. Yep. Jaden Reed, number three on this list, eleven carries for 119 yards. Let's go. Let's put that in. Com to put that in comparison, Debo had 37 for 225. That's a lot. That's a huge average. That's over 10 yards each time you run the ball. Okay, so this also means that 
uh, Shane, if Jaden Reed is third with 119, that means that we don't, the bar's pretty low. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, down to go with flowers. Yeah, let's try it. It's Tuesday flowers. Flowers did not make the top 10. Damn. Okay. Fuck, fuck you, Todd Munkin. Do you want to try Tank Dell? Sure. Or do we want to try Cooper Cup? Or Let's try Tank Dell. All right, we're going to Tank Dell. He scored a lot of points this year. Tank Dell is not in the top 10. Damn it. God damn it. You know what's funny, dude, is I can rattle off like a train schedule. Every wide receiver, all the stats. We get to this game, and I'm like, I can't think of a single NFL player. Oh, <laughs> oh what do you think about JMO? Yeah, JMO definitely. I think one of those yard, one of those runs was like 55 yards by itself. Yeah, we're doing Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams is not on the list. Fuck not in the top ten, dude. We are imploding. <sighs> no more rookies. I'm not guessing any rookie <laughs> anymore. We went, we went, we went Zachy mode on that one. They've all been wrong. CD Lamb's not a rusher. He did oh. take some jet sweeps though. He did, but is it enough? Cooper Cup is is on my list of potentials. I mean, let's just get it out of the way, right? Wait, 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 wait. Rondale Moore. What do you think? I didn't watch any Arizona games, so sure. All right, we're going Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore is number two with 178 yards let's on 28 go. carries. How many? So you've got... Uh, 28 carries for 178. So you guys got the one, two, and three. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. The number ten threshold is 77 yards. So anyone with 77 yards or more. How did Zay Flowers not do that? Holy shit! Um, you know who might be on the list, and I want to save it because he's a rookie. Is uh, Trey Tucker from the Raiders? Zay Flowers had 56 rush yards on the year. Fuck. Um, anybody in Carolina? Scratch your itch. I think you should go with what Tony was talking about. Trey Tucker. Yeah, let's do Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker is number 10 with 77 yards. Let's go. You're at, you're at three strikes I got right now. Yep, and so we got, got a few, four. You got two or three more. Okay. Trey and Tucker. you got six guys left. There is, I'll give you... I'll give you another hint. There's only out of these, let's see, what do you got? You got six guys left. One, two. Out of these last players, one, only one of these guys is a superstar, and one of these guys was a rookie superstar. Yep. So, Puka. What do you think, Shane? I'm good. Let's, let's do it, me. Puka. Puka. Puka, eighty nine yards, twelve for eighty nine. Yeah, it was number. He was number eight. I love how Sean McVay was like. You know what? You could do the exact same thing. I don't want to say C.D. Lamb, but I'm just. I just know that that dude was running. Let's do it, C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, number four. Let's go. One hundred and thirteen yards on fourteen carries. Fuck. Yes. Okay, so we only need one more, right? Um, yep. Okay, I'm trying to think. Actually, actually you are at six, so if you want to okay. go for one more, you can. Let's do one more for style points. Go for glory. Uh, I'm trying to go division by division here. 
Tampa Bay on the, the Browns. Jets. Garrett Wilson uh, on the Browns. Who, no. Who's that? Who's that quirked up white boy on the Jets? Braxton Berrios. No, he's a Dolphin. Yeah. Oh, could uh, Tyreek be on that list? No. He, no Ryan would have included him as a superstar. Yeah. 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 Uh, is it Gibson? Is that who that guy is Z- on the Jets? Xavier Gibson. I'm willing to take a shot. Ryan, show Xavier me Xavier Gibson. Gibson. That is incorrect. Damn it. I reached to the, right. to, the, to the depths. All right, Ryan. Let's yeah, call let it. Us, let us what know. Do we got? Let us know. All right. So you guys missed Cavante Turpin. Okay. 11 Ooh. rushes for 110 yards. Uh, Darius Davis, uh, 14 rushes for 101 yards. Shane, kind of shocked you didn't get that. Chargers fan. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Darius <laughs> to be Davis. fair, you are right, though, because every time that fucker would come on the field, I'm like, oh, here comes the jet sweep. <laughs> um, and then the last one, you guys miss uh, Wandale Robinson, 9 for 87. Uh, I was Tony so called tempted. It. Yeah. Tony called it. Whatever. I love me some short wide receivers. All right. Hell yeah, that was fun. So let's talk. Let's talk. Shane, you've been catching up on on the the rookie tape. So we've got. I'm ready to talk about. Uh, do you want to talk some Jaden Daniels? Yeah, my QB two. Oh, mine too. In terms of tape study. Yep. yep. And as well as like, I don't want to dismiss Drake May, but like. I play for fantasy points, right? Especially my throating of Anthony Richardson last year, right? Where I'm like, hey, if we're going to play for fantasy ceiling, give me the guy who can kind of do it all as opposed to the people where I'm like, mm, you could probably do like 1.5 things. Sure. Um, I know we talked about in the Discord his Arizona campaign where it, yep. was, not gr- it was not great, but... There was promise there, especially since his only weapon was Rashad White. Um, yeah. He didn't carry that team, but he looked serviceable, and he definitely, you could tell he was a freshman or the kind of redshirting in that, because he's, he's older, right? Yes. Well, he had okay. to take a year off because of transfer rules. Okay. Um, so you could tell he was still kind of green, but there was definitely tendencies there. Um my biggest knock on him like right out the gate i have like I'm still working on my list uh, is he's going to get turned into a fine red paste in the yeah. nfl yep because he does some really stupid shit when it comes to his safety and trying to play madden yes um i i noticed that on an lsu the guys he's throwing to we're like, you know how, Ryan, you know how there's like college wide open and then there's like NFL wide open and it's like drastically different? Yeah, yeah. With LSU, his dudes were college wide open. But like even with Arizona, I saw him, he fitting, fitting balls into tight windows. He's, he's making plays. I think that he can do that thing that we talked about last week where you elevate the players around you. Yeah. Uh, um, I think like... He he holds the ball a little bit too long, but I he, think he definitely doesn't have like the Caleb holding issue where Caleb is just like, I'm going to do everything where he does get a little too cute, right? Where I think this is the problem of like the, the rise of mobile rushing quarterbacks is like new people think they can do it where it's like, hey, 
it's okay if you can't be Lamar. You know what I mean? Like it's that's you'll be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh I liked his deep ball. Yeah, it was it wasn't amazing, but it definitely was like more consistent compared to the people who I watched after him. Yeah. Damn. Um, I'm watching I got some of this guy's tape on right now. This guy's pretty good. He's very athletic, which I appreciate because some of the other people are I'm like, oh hey. Like I, I don't know if you want to transition to JJ McCarthy right now, but like I'll make a, a quick aside of people saying he's athletic. I don't see it. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, um, my the highlights I've seen so far is a lot of lot of really bomb passes. I haven't seen too much running. Well, it, it's also kind of like, are his receivers really good? Right? Like I know Tony talked about elevating, but like he has Malik sure. Capers on his team and yeah. Brian Thompson Jr. and like another guy who are like all really good. Um, right. Never mind. I just watched like a seventy-yard rush. Yeah, <laughs> is that the, was that the Florida game? Uh, hold on. Let me go back. That was yeah, he was he was on fire in that game. Um, I my thing was I said if I'm drafting a dynasty no, team, this was I, a oldness. Okay, That's I said if I murdered. <laughs> Yes. So if I'm if I'm drafting a dynasty team, give me Daniels over May at this very moment, just based on tape. But if I'm drafting an NFL team, I'm probably going May over over Daniels. Yeah, I think that's a longevity thing too, as well. Of like, you might get three really good years of Jaden Daniels, and then it just like doesn't happen where Drake May can still develop. Right? I feel like he's a crockpot player of like, hey, yeah, he's not gonna okay. explode the first year or two, but like there are traits there that I do like. Um, right. But like we talked last year or last week, I'd rather have a high ceiling inconsistency compared to like middle of the pack floor. Yep. Where I'm like, give me the dude who can give me 50 points when I need it. Correct. Uh, um, I don't, I'm not too worried about where he lands. Like, I think I'm willing to buy the dip if he goes to like new England. Right. Like it's not sexy, but I, I think he's more successful in that offense compared to other people based on what he can do and being in a new scheme. What's the earliest you'd take Jaden Daniels at this moment? I was just going to ask what kind of draft where you guys think this guy's going to go in the NFL draft. He's top eight to me. Yeah. He's going to be for real. He's that, he's that good. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't watch like O line or like, uh, cornerback or defense or anything but like outside of who i've seen like i can foresee especially with like the way the the nfl is shaping up to be as passive and run heavy with the quarterback i think he provides a really good window of opportunity for teams to have an explosive offense yeah i and i i could see him as a top 10 pick for sure if he crushes the combine he's top five yeah and uh, to answer your tony to answer your question tony i think i would take him 103 right now I mean, I haven't watched uh, Marvin Harrison yet, but like as of right now, uh, he's 103 for me. Okay. Uh, my player comparison was year one, Justin Fields. I thought the same thing too, but it was a little more mean. I was like, it's Justin Fields who can sue the whole field. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk a little J.J. McCarthy, uh, the pride of Harbaughville. Harbaughville. Fuck, dude, I cursed this franchise so hard by calling him a certified weirdo on documented evident tape. Like, <laughs> now he's just saying the most weird, wild shit where I'm like, man, can you please just be fine, right? Yep. Um, yeah, I think he's fine. I know he's really young. Um, so there is like, you have to give him a little bit of a buffer on that, but I can't really make the lateral comparison to like, 
a Trey Lance or a uh, Anthony Richardson of like, oh, wow, they have the traits, right? I see this guy, I'm like, he just looks like Mac Jones who could run like a, a 4-6. Yeah, I mean, I, and you you also you also have to remember that, that Michigan's a Big Ten team, and they freaking they had Blake Corum. Like, they I don't know. I I was never big on JJ McCarthy just because of the system he was playing, and maybe if he was out west on a team that tries to score a shitload of points, I think he's very interesting to me. Um the later that the NFL goes in the draft, right? I talked to Tony about this of like, if we hit the second or third round and like New Orleans picks him up, Pittsburgh picks him up, picks him up, like Seattle, Seattle, he can go to a good system and sit for a year and just kind of develop and not do anything where I don't think he's a first round capital unless a team has like a luxury pick, um, to do that kind of thing. But, um, there's traits there, but, nothing even though the system that he was in didn't require him to do more than he had to do i didn't see anything when he did have moments where i was like oh there's a spark right i was just like oh cool like i i I don't know how you watch big 10 games dude i watched a bowling green game with him and i was like this is like what they do to people in torture centers (laughs) right yeah um it's like so it's like watching a a mac college game yeah where this final scores like 65 to 53 or something like um, he went. He went eight for thirteen in that game. Two touchdowns, three interceptions against yep. Bowling Green, Holy and crap. I was and I was like, "Bro, what happened?" So I could see. Uh, um, I don't think JJ McCarthy is a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. I'm willing to be wrong. I'm sticking to what I saw. I want to point out that his his film from 2022 was a lot better than 2023 because. Like they let him pass downfield a little bit more. They let him win games through the air instead of just giving Blake Corum thirty six carries. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. and that's all I'm saying. There wasn't like a, too much to watch just because of Corum betting. Betting on Blake Corum uh, during the season was like making Christian McCaffrey two or three touchdown <laughs> bets. It's like he's gonna get two or three touchdowns. Right, your Charger. Um, I oh you I think, think so? Absolutely. He's I could see him having like a Will Levis type type deal where he's a second round guy that the system like the NFL media cycle talks its way up into like the late first. I could see a team moving up into the late first to get him so they can get that fifth year option and see if maybe he's worth developing. I mean, also depends too what Baker's doing, right? Because I know Baker said he wants a contract or he needs to know the OC before he signs a contract. And maybe Tampa Bay's like, okay, we're just going to take this kid, right? Like, our window's not really a window. So fuck it, right? Let's see what we have. Well, yeah, their future's, their future is not Kyle Trask. So they've got to do something. <laughs> That's funny you said that because I would rather see Kyle Trask start than JJ McCarthy. Oh, shit. Those yeah. some words, those some fighting words right there. I I said at his ceiling, he's Alex Smith. Damn. Like if everything is perfect, he's Alex Smith. Um, at, what what team is Peyton Hendershot on? Dallas. Is he a, oh, Dallas. Okay. okay. So, um, I have JJ McCarthy pretty low. His player comparison to me was Paxton Lynch. Not great, Bob. Um, that was year year two Mac Jones. Yep. Uh, do you want to talk Penix, or should we save it for next week? Up to you. I watched him, so if you want to 
I watched Penix today, so I'm re- I'm ready to talk some Penix. Um, can I just say real quick, I'm in. Are you really? I'm in, dude. Damn, I know. Dude. I know. I know you're not in. So, um, I, I don't want to say I'm not in, but like I'm I'm in in a tentative way of. I'm just gonna get it right off the rip. He's Tua without Tyreek, right? Like not okay. e- not even like not even like lefty. Oh, he throws the ball left-handed, but like his ability to do short intermittent passes with really good accuracy, but then like a mediocre deep ball and just really bonehead moves when you're like, hey dog, you had Rome right there, right? I I like I think Penix has one of the coolest like throwing motions. It's literally just a snap of the wrist and that ball's fucking lasers. He did have I some loved. weird ones though where I was like, what the fuck? Like it was just this weird wind up and I'm like, what is happening here? I did Bruce love Aaron. watching I did love watching that offense uh this year in the few games that I uh got to watch this year. Um and like betting on Phoenix, his lines were like always like oh, he's gonna get three hundred yards. Like those games were like thirty-five or forty-two. They'd score a lot of touchdowns in those games. I think he's definitely a guy who will benefit, at least in my opinion, of it sucks for him not to get paid first round capital, but I think for him to land in a better situation of ending up in a, a better situation in the second round, right? Like I don't know, say like Detroit pick picks him, like Hendon Hooker ain't it. They're like, yeah, fuck it, we got a second pick. We'll take the uh, Penix. Penix will fit that system. He doesn't have to do more than he has to. Sure, I could see, I could see Penix fitting in a lot of different places. Um, I could see him as a Pittsburgh guy. Yeah, I could see him on the Raiders too. I mean, I don't sure. agree with taking him like seventh or eighth overall, but I, I wouldn't be like shocked. He, right? the one thing that scared the fuck out of me is when he throws the sideline out and it floats like he got picked so many times throwing the ball on the sideline out. And I'm like, but you throw fastball. So why are you lobbing it to the corner where, when the DB can make a break on it? Well, there was also a play. I don't remember what game it was, um, but they were at like the five and he was backed up in the end zone and they were in the same play three times in a row. It was like a sideline curl and it took him to the fucking third try to get that thing right. And it was the same problem as you. He kept throwing a floater. I'm like, dude, speedball it and let the guy hit the route. Like, don't, don't, you're within the five. Don't get cute. They, they have eight yards to go before they score on your ass. Sure. I, I think he, he has the ability to, to be a game manager. Yeah. Um, I think. I said uh, I could see him going in the first round, but I wouldn't be shocked. I would be equally as okay with it if he went in the second. But I do believe that Michael Penix is going to play meaningful NFL snaps. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I th- I think honestly he benefits more in 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 the second round or later rounds because he has more opportunities to sit and wait, or the the expectation for him isn't as high. Right? If you have someone in the first round, you're kind of expected to start where within the first eight eight or ten picks, I don't think any one of those teams is like ready to have a quote unquote game manager. Sure. Um I appreciate like he's definitely got that like leadership intangibility thing and like he's got that great like that quarterback mindset where he throws a pick but he doesn't give a fuck. He's gonna come back out and just keep slinging it. Yeah. Um if he plays in a system that relies on the short pass, I think he'll be successful. A hundred percent. Um I think that's also what I like too about Jaden Daniels is the dude could not be rattled. 
like sure. you could put him you could put him in a situation he was up 30 or he was down 30 and his composure remained the same like he never panicked where Drake May kind of seemed like a dude who was very momentum based especially JJ McCarthy felt like that to me of like once he was rattled it was like kind of over for the game for him yeah Penix rallies man and I think that's a very useful skill to have an NFL quarterback but also when you're like 85 and you're playing quarterback you kind of seen it all right yeah, he's so old that I was watching, Ryan, I was watching Penix uh, with Indiana going against Ohio State, and he was playing against Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, are you serious? 2020? That's right, Justin Fields still played on Ohio State? And I'm like, they're talking about <laughs> how his rookie contract is ending, and this dude's about to declare for the draft. Like, that's why I worry about someone drafting him to let him sit for a year because he's already, like, 25. And he does okay. have, like, a significant injury history, right? Like, two ACL uh-huh. tears and two shoulder sprains. Like, yep. not good cotton, right? Like, I, I think he could play ball. That's all I'm saying. I, I watched him, and I'm like, this dude can play ball. Have, you, so... watched, have you watched any other uh, prospects outside of quarterback or no? No, not yet. Okay. Um. I think I would take him like as of right now, mentally, I think I would take him like early second, right? Like okay. just based on um, what I think his ability is as well as um, what he can provide in fantasy, right? I think he's a QB two, right? Like I know you said he can ball, but in, unless he's in the right kind of system, I think he can be like a, a nice kind of floor guy. Can I, I, I want to ask you a question right now. Mm-hmm. Will Levis or the pick that will be Michael Penix? Uh, is it post or pre-draft? Pre-draft right now, sight unseen. I think I go Penix. Like, I I don't like it, but I think oh, Tennessee just. I think Tennessee I like just. It. I think Tennessee just kind of sucks now, right? Like they're they're like all Nepo hiring and like yeah. Who do they have as like Traylon Bricks is their number one wide receiver? Like I, he's our dog, and we're never going to quit him. But like, if that's the best that you have on that offense with no O line, like they're yeah. kind of fucked. I agree, one hundred percent. All right, so we got some prospect talk out of the way. I'm planning on being done with quarterbacks by next week, and then we could just kind of talk best of the rest, and then we can move on to the fun stuff. Guys, I don't even know who's left. <laughs> That's how like checked out I am. Like, if I got to watch another Clayton tune, I might kill myself. I still haven't watched Bo Nix yet or Spencer uh, Rattler. Uh, dude, like, I don't. I hate to say I don't care about Spencer Rattler, but like, again, another guy who's been in the NF or the uh, college football for like eight years. Yep. And well, the only thing is, is I looked at all the guys last year. I was looking at the rookie spreadsheet of the guys drafted. And there are dudes that were drafted that played meaningful snaps that just we didn't watch, you know, like Aiden O'Connell. We didn't watch him. So, I mean, you can't watch all. We're not like paid to do this, right? Like we right, do it for charity, right. but like I can't sit here and be like, I got to watch six games of every single fantasy oh, sure. viable player, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. All right. So got some rookie talk down. We played a game. We did our guys. We did some previews. We did some reviews. So Ryan. Let's take a trip. All right, guys. This week, I kind of alluded to it earlier. We're going to go to a city that is referred to as the Jerusalem of the North. All right. We're going to go to Amsterdam. Yeah, we. Hell yeah. As we all know, 
weed's legal there. Um, in the city alone, there are 164 registered coffee shops um, that legally sell <coughs> marijuana. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned before that I have been to Amsterdam, so I have experienced that, and it's really cool. You just walk around the street and stroll in, you grab a coffee and what they call over there space cake and, like, a joint. Um, you just get a joint, and then, like, space cake's probably got, I don't know, 15 or 20 milligrams. It's, like, the size of, like, a brownie or whatever, and you just open it up and enjoy it on your walk. Share a joint with someone. Uh, oh, yeah. Eat some really good food. I'm having a panic attack um, thinking about having 20 milligrams in public and just walking around in a foreign country. Oh, dude, <laughs> it is crazy. Like I, oh, the first day we were there, I almost had like an anxiety attack because there are so many people and everyone walks or bicycles. Like you're like literally, you're walking a straight line, but there's a thousand other people walking different lines around you, and it it did almost freak me out. I had to, it took me like an hour or two to get used to it when you're down by like the main train station and stuff like that. We are so we're so car <laughs> we're so car pilled. You know I what I gonna, mean? Like, I was gonna say, dude. I know Ryan loves his truck and he's an outdoor boy, but like week by week, we're slowly bike pilling him. He's gonna be like, you know what, guys? I'm gonna move to a major city. I'm gonna get rid of my my car. I'm just gonna bike everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, there, <laughs> there are actually um, more bikes in the city of Amsterdam than there are people that live in within the vicinity of the urban area. I mean, it's got like 2 million people, you know, how like in the Amsterdam area with the town surrounding it. But there sure. are 881,000 bikes and there are only 872,000 plus people. Damn. That's, um, that's like America and guns. And, and it is. <laughs> It it is crazy when you're walking because every everywhere there's just bikes in the racks and stuff. They have bike racks everywhere, and it's to the point where like it's literally like take a bike, leave a bike. You know, like it, some some people will lock up their bikes, but most of the time it's like if a bike's there, you just grab it, go to your next destination, leave it there. That they're all there's always a constant supply of bikes, so no one. I'm sure people have their own bikes, but a lot of it is community, you know. Dude, absolutely foreign to my American brain. Did you right. ever? Did you ever pop any sick ass wheelies while you were there? I, I did ride a bike, but I did not. I did not pop wheelies because they weren't. They're not like dino bikes. They're not like BMX bikes. I don't give a fuck, dude. You're telling me you're gonna give me? They're like they're all like. They're all like old woman bikes, you know, from Wicked Witch of the West or whatever. Bro, you're gonna They're give cruisers. me you're giving me twenty milligrams of edibles and a bike, and you expect me to not try to pop a fucking wheelie? Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> and yeah. they have health but insurance also... too, so you can't be fucked over. <laughs> yeah, right. right. There's also tons of people too, Tony. Like, remember in college that guy that used to have like a giant sound system strapped to his bike? Yes. And there's people that do that with right with like their music and stuff over there. It's pretty cool. They're just riding around the city cool uh yeah um but did you know that these coffee shops are not allowed to advertise they can advertise on their storefront but they cannot have ads in paper or you know on the internet or anything like that but yeah. it doesn't matter they make a crap load of money so uh, um did you know that amsterdam is located below sea level um cool they damned they dammed the Amstel River. It's kind of like a New Orleans kind of type situation. Uh, they dammed the Amstel River in like the 17th century. And it, that dam is still there. Obviously, it's been kept up by modern innovation throughout I'd the time. I'd hope so. But 
that's why um uh the city's almost like venice with a bunch of canals so like picture like i don't know uh, i don't know a frame of reference for you shane but like tony or you've been to downtown chicago right shane mm-hmm. so picture like michigan avenue you're looking down michigan avenue with all the shops you've got a but instead of like the street that's in the middle it's a canal in the middle with um walking slash bike paths on either side so like getting around in cars is not uh really encouraged in the city because it is not made for cars at all and and to be honest with you you could pay like 50 to 60 dollars in parking every day if you chose to drive or drive around that city because parking is so expensive the the government really just wants to have people riding bikes in this city it's and it's really cool the the architecture there um every building is like super narrow because in the like 18th century and 17th century how the people were taxed was based on the width of your house not not so a lot of these houses are really long and like super like maybe only like 12 to 20 feet wide you know it was a way for people to get around paying more tax um and at the top of every house because every house is three to four stories they're like three flats but they're all connected to save space like there's no like in the chicago you have three flats but there's like a little space of yard in between it's not much but these houses are actually like touching and how they got the stairs since these houses were so narrow they couldn't get big items into the houses using um the me like stairs like we do now you know getting it up the floors so each, on each on top of each house you see like a pulley system and that's for movers when someone moves in and out of that house and they can get all their stuff from the second and third floor yeah. uh it's it's crazy like every single house you look just down the street it's got it um let's see the amsterdam has the oldest uh, the amsterdam the city of amsterdam mm-hmm. has the oldest stock exchange in the world um started in 1602 by none other than the dutch east india company um, right <laughs> um we've got um heineken the like biggest beer brewery in the world um is was founded in amsterdam and i went there uh, to the original Doom, and I sampled. I had a good, probably five or six beers during that tour because people, you're allowed three drink tickets, but then people are giving them out, and you're like, well, I already had my three beers, and I'm at Heineken, so why not, you know, have some more? I'm just walking or biking. Sure. You know, can't get a Dewey. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, darn, I fell over. <laughs> um, Let's see. Oh, yeah, they've got 140 breweries in 71 countries, so they have a huge world presence. Um, let's see. There's over 165 canals in Amsterdam, uh, and since there's so many canals, they have over a thousand bridge, thousand bridges in the city vicinity, um, and it is a very diverse um, city. They have over 100 nationalities represented represented and there's in that city out of what there's only 200 some odd countries cool each year they have their uh pride week it's a huge thing in amsterdam it's the first uh week in august is when they do their festival uh let's see 
Also, uh, prostitution is legal there. Uh, they have the red light district. Um, and it's, it's run very, and honestly, it's, it's, it's healthier, you know, yeah. all these people have to be tested. Um, give them fucking not, health insurance. Yeah. And, and it's retirement. not right. And it's not everywhere. Um, like you think it is, it's not everywhere in the city. It's like a specific couple of streets. Um, and obviously the pink windows, if there's shades that are not closed, um, that means that room is available. Um, and you can half the time choose, uh, the woman of, or male of your choosing. I mean, you Um, did say fuck a job, Tony, and that's what that is. Fuck. That's where they have sex. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, there's only about 300 licensed, uh, rooms available in, I don't know how many licensed, uh, legal sex workers there are, but there's only 300 rooms, um, which, you know, you, you'd think it'd be a lot more, but it's not. Um, let's see. We've got, uh, since I mentioned the city is built, um, below sea level, all of these houses um, are built on stilts because it's like how Chicago was just built on swampland. Um, and when they drained it, it was even more swampier. So the city train station is built on a series of tens, if not hundreds of thousands of these stilts to keep it from sinking. God, um, and this, never. and, and when I say train station, the city's central train station is, is literally the size. It's, it's like a mile long. I'm I'm not joking you. It's like a giant castle. It's so cool to go inside. And that's how everyone gets around. Train, bike, or walking. This place was so awesome. I got to see the Rijksmuseum, which is the, one of the most popular tourist uh, attractions. They have over two and a half million visitors in 2019 when I went. Um, you can see all the famous, like, giant Rembrandt, like, paintings. You know, like, some of his paintings that are, like, you know, 12 feet by 20 feet. You know, like they're bigger. They're so much bigger to the eye when you see them in person. I feel like Ryan is a like uh, a plant right now because I'm like looking at flights to go to Amsterdam. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Dude, it's it's such an awesome city. Uh, yeah, and the food's really good. One of my favorite uh, dishes that I had over there was called bitterballen. Uh, it's like um, like deep fried meatballs, and they there's like various different types of sauces uh you can dip it in some places make a bitter ball and sandwich where they put it on like a piece of ciabatta bread with like some lettuce and like spicy mustard oh it's so good okay. nice bitter ball and sandwich with a giant mug of like heineken oh it was so good over there okay i had lots of fun i could go on and on about this city but let's get to some people all right let's go let's go Oh, by the way, this is this is another place where I wouldn't tell anybody that I'm Jewish. (laughs) No, actually, this no, this is a place you could say that uh, because they're they have one of the highest Jewish populations in all of Europe. That's why I said it's called the Jerusalem of the North. Oh, you know what? Never mind. I was thinking of Prague. Yeah, no, you're thinking Czechoslovakia. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do some people. Any anyway, all right. So we've got. We've got Max Yu, uh, world chess champion from 1935 to 37. Damn. All right. We got Louis von Amstel, uh, who we all know is famous as one of the people from Dancing with the Stars. 
Sure. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh Carl Apple, uh famous painter. Um he's got a crap load of works in the Museum of Modern Art. He was he started his own like art movement in the 40s and 50s. Um We've got a, f- a famous rapper named uh, just straight up Murda. <laughs> um, Love yep. it. Yep. We've got, um, if you want to look up this song uh, later, Tony, I, I still haven't sent it to you in the chat or Shana. This, this artist is known as Lil Klein. All right. The song he's most famous for is Drank and Drugs. And I pulled it up on YouTube and watched like the first 30 seconds of it. And it's just this guy air humping the like the grass <laughs> in an open field. Cool. <laughs> I'm with him. Um, we've got Dirk uh, Hartog, who is the second explorer in the 1600s and second explorer of European culture to set foot in Australia. Um, the first person, uh, who did I write down? I got the first person on here. I'll, I'll find it. Um, we've got, uh, oh yeah, here it is. Willem Jazoon. Uh, he's the first recorded European landing in Australia in 1606. Okay. Um, yep. We've got Katja Herbers. Um, a famous actress from shows like Manhattan, Westworld, Evil. Hell yeah. Westworld was uh, one of those shows I had to read Wikipedia after each episode. <laughs> nope. uh, we've got Jerron Krabby. Uh, you probably would know him uh, from the 15th James Bond film. I forgot to write that title down. Um, Barack Spinoza, a famous philosopher. Uh, Johan Cruff, um, he is ranked second to Pele uh, in the world century poll of golfers or golfers, uh, soccer players. Okay. Actually, the the uh, city of Amsterdam has a soccer stadium where their local team plays, and it's named after Johan Cruff. Sure. Um, yeah, we've got uh, Paul H. Crutzen. Uh, 1995 Nobel uh, Prize for Chemistry. Nerd. Right. We've got Bernard Hartink, a famous conductor, famously with the London Symphony. He's uh, also conducted at the Chicago Symphony before. Nice. Um, Yeah. We've got um, Alex Van Halen, the drummer for Van Halen, which also means we have Eddie Van Halen guitarist for van halen those two were born in amsterdam but made their fame over in america and are you serious yep fuck yeah yep van halen one van halen one is one of the 10 greatest rock and roll albums ever written oh yeah um who else we got i i don't know uh didi gregorius uh i don't know if he was a recent shortstop for the yankees i don't think he plays anymore but he played within the last five years was one of his last years playing um i got a couple yeah what do you got i got a guy named hartog hamburger (laughs) what um he was a dutch diamond polisher and baseball player he was an infielder for a team in amsterdam and was hit on the head by a line drive. 
He was dizzy but seemed to recover. However, the next day he died at home as a result of the impact. He is thought to be the only European baseball player who has died as the result of playing a baseball game. Really? That's a man. That's American sport. <laughs> um, interestingly, his son, who's a psychiatrist named Max Hamburger, which is just an outstanding name, um, was a Jewish resistance fighter and Holocaust survivor. Shout out to the Hamburgers. And then yeah. I want to also point out Paul Verhoeven. Like, can we just talk about how these are the movies that he directed I mean, he did a few before and a few after, but in 87, he did RoboCop. That's right. In 90, he did Total Recall. Oh, hell yeah. In 92, he did Basic Instinct. Damn, how did I miss this one? This, oh, guy, wait. Loves, this guy loves boobs. Uh, well, yeah, because then he did Showgirls in 95. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if that wasn't enough for you, in 97, he did motherfucking Starship Troopers. I was gonna say, did he do Starship Troopers? There's there's titties in that. This sure dude is, is this dude is goaded. <laughs> uh, so that's <laughs> like a that's like a from '87 to to I mean I'd even throw 2000s Hollow Man in there. That's like a 13 oh, year he did reign Hollow of, Man too. Yeah, fucking domination, man. Martin Scorsese, who? Yeah, right. Verhoeven all day. Alistair Overeem yeah. from from uh, he's Dutch. Hell yeah. He's a UFC fighter. The big meme about him was he was so juiced on steroids that he his excuse was he'd eat horse meat because it was higher in protein. <laughs> but as soon oh, as he came damn. to America, he failed his uh, piss test. Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. Not surprising. Um, yeah, dude, the Dutch. Hell yeah. Long live the that Dutch. Is, that is Amsterdam. Yeah, I did. I did a, we can talk about it some other time. There's a whole if, bunch of other if stories. If you want to go to Amsterdam... For uh, $742 via Aer Lingus for a whole week. Yeah, Aer Lingus, I, that, was, that was a popular. I, I, we went over there with someone that uh, we had a, a nonstop from Chicago to Amsterdam. But the one person that was also traveling us had to take Aer Lingus because it was cheaper. And uh, they had to, unfortunately, you stop in Reykjavik, you stop in Iceland, and then you go... Uh, down there otherwise it was like a seven and a half eight hour flight from chicago yeah. oh that's super add, easy. Add, an, add another four hours for you shane though i mean 11 hours to go a different country that's pretty good yeah all right hey next week is two important dates the first is it'll be our last episode before the super bowl it'll be our super bowl preview episode that's right and, um, and we'll bring we'll bring some prop bets too uh yep. some yeah. snacks and it's also uh, our one-year anniversary with Shane as a full-time contributor. And Ryan's being a robot. Oh, yeah. Yep. Also, wait, <laughs> today is the second, which means next Friday when we record is also the anniversary of the day I got in my accident, February 9th. <laughs> there you go. Wow, there it's all go. coming full circle. There it is. Once a year. Um, well, thanks for joining us. I hope you guys had fun. Um, yeah. Ryan, uh, excited for the skills competition? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do play some bets. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. There's no one. There's no one offering bets on that shit. Um, no, I, I'm just kidding. I totally won't be watching that. Well, either way, if you enjoy that shit, enjoy I, that I, shit. I'll probably turn on for like five minutes. All right. Yeah, yeah it'll be. <laughs> you'll, it's, you'll you'll find some other sport to engage with. Yep. 
Yeah. All right. Well, for episode 118, that is our show. So we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy uh, spending time with your family on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Have fun. All right, everyone. Good night. Peace. Good night. Derek Carr.